Hey, little Nick. Hey, what's good? I'm just chilling. Hey, hey everybody. This is B-O-U-J-T slash Coop. This is the Carolina Kid Podcast. It's February 29th, 2020, episode 28. Subscribe to the Wretch Intelligence on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking talk about bro like it's so much shit to talk about bro like yesterday i was having some conversations that just made my eyes just fucking jump like <laughs> but yeah it's it's a lot of shit that in the year of our lord 2020 <laughs> we are dealing with the fuckery of the 2020 black history month ending in such such struggle such bougie brokenness that we have here <laughs> but, but <laughs> by the way I, I i i put that shit in there but bougie broke is a real like concept i have like <laughs> so bougie brokenness is um, an ideology that I came up with, um, because, well, I don't know, the middle, middle, middle class is not really the way it used to be. And basically people that are living in nice houses, nice structures, nice things of that nature are not really able to fucking sustain much else, but having that place and maybe like a half of fucking groceries. And then, <laughs> so bougie brokenness is legit. Like the new, like, upper middle class like if you upper middle class you bougie broke nigga that means you got a big ass nice ass house you might have like one car but if you do got like two the other car is not as nice as that other car so you gotta be like uh what i got enough money for my groceries after pay my rent and my car no uh and then i pay my bills uh and then i got like uh one third dollar just for the grocery for myself and make my kids. <laughs> like, like, like that, that's 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 it. That's all you got. That's all you got. That's bougie brokenness. Bougie brokenness is legit. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You live in some nice shit and you got you live in a nice neighborhood and everything. You got all this nice shit and everything, but you ain't got no money after that. And you like you can pay all your essential shit, but you ain't got nothing else to wiggle on. Your shit is straight up just pure ass. Like you have nothing left in the chamber. E-ticket, here chamber. Nothing is in between them bitches. <laughs> Nothing is in between that shit. Like, bougie brokenness is legit the new upper middle class. But anyway, oh, and um, I also want to, you know, let me, let me, let me just, uh, hold up. Give me a sec. So I actually wanted to keep talking about, like, um, the whole uh conversation that i was having a little i think a couple episodes ago a couple episodes ago about um the mental health day i don't think i really explained it <laughs> as well as i could have so let's talk about this um so <sighs> the idea that i had for the mental health day i think some people have talked about it you know um that it should be a mandatory day um basically it's a day that you have to take off it's not a day that you have an option to take off. It's a day that's mandatory. It's a third subset of leave. It's like, you know, you have your comp time and you have your, you know, you have your, um, but a lot of people don't even have comp time. So here's the thing. I think it should be mandatory for all structures of leave, you know, that, that, that exist. There should always be mental health days and it's mandatory. You should at least have five days a year. That shit... That shit sounds like it's not a lot, but that's a whole week. That's a whole work week. 
they don't want to give us anything, bro. I remember seeing somebody com- like like getting mad on 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 um or kind of talking shit in a post, basically where they were talking about, and this was the day that Henry Ford made the five day eight hour work week <laughs> the 40 hour structure and i was like bro he had to make that structure because honestly it was way worse before that the when he made that that that's that's playing devil's advocate there but <laughs> leave that's a whole nother like situation like motherfuckers ain't gonna get people leave <laughs> niggas niggas was not getting leave out here in these streets oh mm-mm but yeah, like we need five days mandatory per year. It and you should be paid for these days. You shouldn't you should this should be paid leave to take mental health days and they're mandatory. They are not part of your le- your other forms of leave. It is days that are given to you and can't be transferred in any kind of way. You can't come into work and do double time with it like no, you are strictly to stay out and just relax because everyone needs these days like the work week the or the work year is what 52 weeks and they only give you if you're lucky two of them bitches <laughs> if you're lucky and yeah if you're tenured longer there's like a possibility of getting up to maybe a month or two depending depending on who on how long you're working who you're working for and how long you're working for them it's 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 bullshit like time is literally like they literally time is if not if not infinitely more valuable than money it i mean like honestly Money, you can find a way to get money back. Time, you can't really get that back. So I think that's more valuable than the money. And honestly, taking time to maybe just spend a day, an extra time, like it's a mandatory day and you're paid for it. And we'll just categorize it as a mental health day. Like it's, it's essential. I, th- I think that's, yeah, that that makes all the sense in the world. But <sighs> moving on, <laughs> um, it's weird. Like, I was talking to a coworker the other day, and um, they were kind of giving me like their ideology on like, you know, oh well, they were kind of talking to me about going back to New York. You know, this was a person who was white and in their fifties, and they were talking to me about like, oh, yeah, I want to go back to Brooklyn. And I'm like, Brooklyn, you want to go back to Brooklyn? And she was like, yeah, because they're gentrifying it. And there are places like Crown Heights that I couldn't go to before, but I can go to right now. And I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> so you want to go there because it used to be black and it used to be the hood and they didn't wash that shit out with niggles <laughs> ain't no more niggles and now you have i don't know all these nice shops like barclay center and shit and, you know it's 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 fucked up like she doesn't think about 
here's the thing. She it's like she almost doesn't even it's like it's like she doesn't even think about it or care about it. She doesn't care about the black people losing all their homes and 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 and, and being pushed out of the city completely. She's only thinking about like, oh yeah, they have new things and they're very nice and they're brand new and built up. And I'm like, but what about the black people that live there, bro? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I knew it. I was like, oh, damn it. Like, that's what a lot of people who are in positions of privilege tend to think about gentrification. But my black ass is weird because I'm privileged to be in the position that I'm in. But I'm black and I went to school, especially I went to college in the hood and I have ties to the hood and the people there. There are good people, but, you know, sometimes it's just. Let's say this, they, they don't give a fuck about them. OK, they don't give a fuck about them. OK, they will they will try and rinse and clean that neighborhood out of all the black people before they make it nicer. And like I've said before, like there's got to be a better way than doing that. You know, how come you can't keep the people? That's my part. Like, yeah, gentrification makes the environment without including the people, the environment better. The problem is you're getting rid of the people and that is where it becomes evil. So, yeah. Yeah. Not cool. The people who don't even think about that, they don't care. That was just scary to me. And I'm sitting here like, you know what you're saying is absolutely racist without even like acknowledging it. It it just, it frustrated me. (laughs) Cause I knew like, she probably knew that like, yeah, lots of black people were losing their homes because you had a new place to go visit. (laughs) Crown Heights. White people going to Crown Heights. That fucking what? That don't even that don't even make sense. Anyway. <laughs> um so speaking of shit that don't make sense, North Carolina's teacher salaries. Because by the way, I work for um um the basically the university system of North Carolina. They get paid the same as teachers. At least the kind of same kind of scale. Like, I don't know. Niggas be getting paid once a month. And that shit is absolutely terrible. Okay. Getting paid once a month. Yeah, you get a big, nice, fat, juicy check. Problem is you got to stretch that shit out about a month. It's actually not nice, fat, and juicy. It's kind of like it's bloated. (laughs) And honestly, the damn check might have took some might all and shit. Not even that bloated anymore. It's just kind of like... Here you go, plebeian. You, you, you peasant. You can take what you think might be good enough for you. It's not. It's not a lot, but it's, it's, it's okay for niggers, <laughs> for peasants, for, for the plebeians. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that North Carolina teacher salaries are probably the most deceptive thing. Like I, I looked it up. I looked it up. I was like, I, I, I. What so why are they saying that the average North Carolina teacher salary is fifty three thousand dollars a year? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't be striking if I was making fifty three thousand dollars a year, and most of us would make fifty three thousand dollars a year. That 
that I wouldn't be striking. I wouldn't be striking because of that. Because the cost of living in North Carolina is pretty reasonable, and fifty-three thousand dollars a year gets me a lot here. Then I looked at the pay scale for teachers. Teachers, at the most, make that amount. Okay, fifty-three thousand. <laughs> fifty-three thousand. It's a shit ton of teachers that's making like thirty-five. <laughs> as a teacher is not sustainable. With what you got to deal with day in and day out, year by year, paying for supplies, dealing with these kids, basically being a mama slash daddy, they parents, you know, while they parents at work. Teaching them the fundamentals of how to fucking make it in this cruel ass capitalistic society that we call the U.S. (laughs) That sounds so dark. <laughs> it's kind of true, though. Um, <laughs> a lot true. Um, but yeah, thirty-five thousand dollars. That ain't that ain't the wave, cause like that's that's absolute bullshnacky. That's some straight bullshit. Like you can't make a decent living, especially in Raleigh. Hell, in Charlotte, Charlotte, you might be in. You ain't. That might be enough to get your ass a one bedroom apartment here. You know? Fifty thousand? You trying to make families with fifty thousand? That might be better. Thirty five? You trying to make families with thirty five? She better be two of y'all niggas and one better be making way more. <laughs> Cause thirty five ain't hitting it, bro. Like shit. Thirty five. Really? And that's why they striking and, 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 and them getting like them not coming to any like decision on this pisses me off further because that affects it. It affects me because we kind of on the same pay grade. We kind of, you know, nobody getting raises. Nobody. One, nobody ain't getting raises. <laughs> Two. On top of that, they ain't approved the budget. So certain people who are maybe temps. Trying to get hired full time for the state of North Carolina. That's not happening. <laughs> that is not happening, bro. Like bullshit. Just all the way bullshit. Anyway, um, moving on. So, Governor Gavin Newsom of California um, signed a new law. And they will be the first state to ban discrimination against black students and employees over their natural hairstyles. The authors of this new law say women with kinky hair and curly hair are sometimes subject to unequal treatment and can even be viewed as inferior. Um, so where am I surprised? (laughs) Um, no fucking shit. No fucking shit. <laughs> like, we just gonna act like this ain't been like long time fucking coming here. Okay, so shout out to Gavin Newsom for like just passing a law. California always got to be first on this shit, don't they? They always got to be first when it comes to this shit. But we've gone through many years of people just telling us like, oh, you know. 
well, why is your hair like that? And 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 you you to 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 get a job, you want to cut your hair off or straighten your hair or do so many things that basically are meant to appease the wisnai, aka white folks. Um, <laughs> and and that shit just not like it. It's just it's not right, you know, like. You got to look a certain way to get a job. Like, that's bullshit. Okay. So, shout out to Gavin Newsom on that. Like, that's some good news. But it's just fucked up that we had to pass a law. <laughs> so, they won't do that shit. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit, bro. Like, what the hell? Like, this shit's ridiculous. I, I just can't fucking stand this shit, bro. <sighs> because we niggas. Because <laughs> we niggas. Okay, so moving on. Um, on the sports tip, kind of want to talk about my team, nigga. Um, the, Par- the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule are committing to Cam Newton. I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Cam Newton had an Instagram post where he was kind of like working out, working out hard. You know, he was sweating, sweat dripping, all that shit. And in the middle of it, he was like, I need commitment. And I was like, who are we talking to? <laughs> it was like, ooh, Cam, ooh. And rightfully so for Cam. Like he been he been dealing with some shit, bro. He just literally watched his entire like shit collapse last year. Okay. His linebacker retired, you know, his tight end retired or his tight end moved on. <laughs> his head coach got fired, you know. Um a lot of his guys, they gone, bro. And so he doesn't know what this new regime with Matt Rule and David Tepper is going to be like. He's just asking for some commitment. He has been with that team for this will be 10 years now. Like, come on, bro. Like, and if they cut it, I just hope they don't do Cam dirty, bro. That's that's my quarterback, bro. I don't care what nobody say. That's my quarterback. Okay. I was scared because I thought they were going to get rid of his ass last year. And that shit. I'm just glad. I'm super happy. Like, phew. hey, I'm just looking forward to seeing Cam Newton get healthy and possibly playing all of next year as a starter. But, you know, Matt Rule never confirmed him being a starter. So baby steps, you know, um, excuse me. But, yeah, like phew. that shit dot <laughs> com dot edu dot org. I needed it. <laughs> so let's stick to the some old sports. Um Tony Romo agrees to a seventeen million dollar a year contract with CBS making him the highest paid broadcaster. <laughs> like this nigga is going he's 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 winning even more after retirement. Like this dude is actually I liked Tony Romo. I like Tony Romo better as a broadcaster. By the way, I think he is literally the best like broadcast play by play broadcaster as um or color commentator um since like John Madden. Like he that good, bro. He he that good. Like I actually look forward to hearing Tony Romo because that motherfucker actually he is pretty pretty accurate, <laughs> pretty on point, pretty on the money, um and. Yeah, shout out to him. Like, he deserves it because he out here balling. <laughs> so, I want to talk about the importance of Afrofuturism in um, just everything. Like, 
I was watching this documentary um, yesterday. Uh, it was called They Gotta Have Us. And pretty much it talks about film, um, basically black people in all areas of film, starting out as early as the Step and Fetchets and the Amos and Andes. And it pretty much crawled all the way up to like Black Panther. And um, really more so, I think, really like Get Out. And yeah, Black Panther probably was the latest one. But yeah. And pretty much the evolution of like people being behind the camera. And when they talked about Black Panther, that was kind of like their, their, honestly, a glaring point at Afrofuturism. And and I, I kind of was telling people like, bro, it's so important. It's something that we need like as black people, like something that has existed for quite some time. But having it in film was one that was not as prevalent. You know, it, it had been existing in music. And I wanted it to be more existent in film and maybe even so artwork, comics, but it existed in comics, especially when dealing with Black Panther. And that's why I was super excited for like years and years upon like Black Panther being created. I knew I knew that this this was going to take to the next level, you know. um, But if you go far, far back, like probably one of the earliest signs of Afrofuturism in art forms was like Sun Ra. And Sun Ra, basically, if you don't know, Sun Ra is a jazz artist from Alabama who actually came up with a persona as him being um, like 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 a leader and and (laughs) and prominent figure from Saturn, like in spaces. The place was like the movie that he had companion with that. It was a companion with the with the like with the album and like, yeah. Like they were wearing these really futuristic kind of Afri- but it was still African. Like it had African influence, futuristic African garbs and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it sounds ridiculous as shit. <laughs> but niggas got to fucking crawl before they can fucking fly, nigga. <laughs> like, you need you need a sunrise to get you to a parliament. You need a parliament funkadelic to get you to a Alabama shakes you need an Alabama shakes you know you just, it, it keeps going you know it's you know think about Black Panther he was actually created by a white man <laughs> that's what makes it that's what makes Stan Lee so awesome he was like nah I need to like okay the, the man ape part of it that won't cool Okay, that that was a little sketchy. Other than that, the entire just idea of Black Panther was a uh, phenomenal. So keeping 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 on having this, you know, just in in black film, in film in general, and having us, you know, being represented in science fiction is essential, you know. Like Mae Jemsen, talk about Mae Jemsen. Mae Jemsen was one of the first, actually the first black woman to be in space. She was an astronaut. She still is an astronaut. <laughs> She's still alive today, y'all. <laughs> she was featured on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. So she was actually one of the first astronauts, actual astronauts to be featured in something that was fictional about aeronautics. Like, bro, like, 
about space. Like, nigga, the first person to be in space on TV and in real life. Nigga, what? 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 <laughs> Shout out to Mae Jemison. Like, ugh, greatness. Um, But, yeah. Like, kind of speaking to more of this Afrofuturism. Like, I can kind of segue into this shit. Like, um, the Denzel Curry and uh, Kenny Beats album kind of has some of those elements, like, you know, um, especially with the visuals of that album and the album art, like, is it's just cool as shit, man. It's just kind of something that you want to keep seeing in every medium, you know, and in this case, it blended art and animation with music and Afrofuturistic themes. Which is dope, dope as shit. Kind of retroish too, but yeah, like the the production was dope. You know, phenomenal. Just a okay. It is it, is a, a good album that has a lot of replayability too. Like I remember Kenny B said he played the album for Mad Lib, and he was like, "Man, it's amazing, my nigga. This is like the best moment like a nigga could ever have with Mad Lib." By the way, I hate you for the fact that you actually. <laughs> Got to talk with Madlib, and he gave you like a special moment, cause nigga like me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be salty. Shout out to um, Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats. Please listen to that album, Unlocked. Um, it's really an EP. It's only 25 minutes. It's ADD proof. You can watch the film, and you will legit be listening to the album the same way. It's it's phenomenal. It's dope as shit. You know. Um, and um. Yeah, that 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 is my episode. Um, subscribe to the Rats Intelligence on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, and anywhere podcasts are downloaded. And there's this thing that I want to do at the end of every episode. Now is pretty much say thank you, and you know that that's something that comes with just being someone who didn't have to. Um, do this all the time and you not always having to pop, I don't know pop in and listen for like 20 plus 30 minutes almost thank you for taking that time out of your day to just pop in listen you know giving me a subscribe anything thank you on that note it's been real y'all <laughs> Blue Jet, Coop, Carolina Kid Podcast, one.